podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks. We're called Whistle, and this is true. We love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We don't need robbing, stealing, or murder. This is The Whistleblowers. I'm Martin Gritton, back again with uh, my co-host. I can call you that now. I'm a co-host now. You are a co-host now. Yeah, because well, you know, just to split some duties and you know my. Uh, don't don't build me up and then dismantle well, it, 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 it immediately. It's it more yeah. It's more to do with my yeah. Thank you. Well, welcome to my coronation, everybody. <laughs> Mike, pleased to be here. My workload, Mark. For goodness sake, just have you said the name? Me Ma- once. Mark Smith is my support name. Support anyway, me once to... in a while, Mark. Just I will please, support you, Gritty. Please, um, lovely to be able to welcome back our music mogul expert and also Spurs aficionado Gareth Dobson. Here for mop-up duty. Thanks, pal. Thanks, pal. It's always good to have you here. Um, well, let's, with, without further ado, we were talking briefly beforehand about Jose and Pogba. That seems to be the first thing on everyone's lips at the minute. Yeah, it seems to be something that broke, what, a couple of hours before we recorded? So, yeah, that seems to be the big one, right before the you know, the United Derby Cup match tonight and all the, the previous chat was about Jose and Frank Lampard. All of a sudden, it seems to have been a bit overshadowed by Pogba. And you said, Gareth, beforehand, it's, it's not a dissimilar conversation to one we were all having six weeks ago, five weeks ago, three weeks ago, and then every other week there seems to be a, a new version of events between those two. So I, I guess my question is, at what point does it officially become a feud Mm. I think it's it, a feud now. We, when can we add that into the newspaper? Lines? I think it was feud when he came out and Pogba said, I'm not allowed to say what I really think. And then it's just like, well, how should a player have that much power to say that? You know, you look back to the whole reason why he perhaps thinks he's more powerful than he should be at that club because of his agent, perhaps because of the relationship mm. with Ferguson and he was putting his place there. It's not like that anymore. Well, where do you stand on this, Grits, as an ex pro? Where do you start? Have you got a side in this? Have you got a dog in the fight? Well, if there's not, a manager's can never let a player have more power than them. And that's, that's, it's, it's strange to see Mourinho in that position. And it does, it doesn't matter. If you're Man United, just get another player in. People talk about the fact that, okay, well, you'd be losing one of the best young midfielders. I get that. And there's, but yeah. there's something to blame on both sides here. But the manager is the manager. It should be the, you know, the uppermost thing at any club for, people to respect people don't like Ferguson necessarily when he wasn't always he, he had some tough times and when he was having tough times he still t- t- stuck to his task do you yeah. do, do you think that he I mean Mar- the whole Martial story a couple of weeks ago was that Martial was signed a new contract because he thinks he can wait out uh, Mourinho and last longer with the club and maybe Pog was thinking the same thing I can do what I want here because the guys in finances upstairs know that I'm more valuable to the club yeah, and Jose might be gone in six months it definitely feels like there's some sort of chess game you know, sort of who's, who's going to make the next move, who's going to wait it out. Um, there, you know, obviously the last few clubs that Mourinho has been at, there's been this third season slump and, you know, the narrative almost writes itself. So, and I, I guess if you read enough papers and you're uh, Pogba's agent, you're just thinking, well, you know, eight months and we'll, uh, we'll be running this club. But like you said, you know, is, is Pogba ever going to be running Manchester United, I, I, the institution feels like it will always be too big for him. Yes, yeah. as, as it should be. The, the, it absolutely should be. But yeah. the, when it comes down to him liking tweets from Barcelona or a post on Instagram and people reading into that, I mean, that mm. it must make the old school journals and some of the new school journals that have just got a bit more credibility, just must make them shudder when you've just seen people write stories off the back of this utter tripe. Yeah, but they, I, I suppose when you buy a player 
of that size now, not just Pogba, but you know, you could look at Ronaldo, Messi, let's say Messi was to move. You're buying a brand. You know what you're buying. You're buying someone who's very visible on social media. Pogba, you know, really embraces that whole side of things. So you know what you're getting and you know this is maybe a bit of a risk. The worry for me at United is that Woodward now has come out and unequivocally backed his manager which might be a weird one to put all your eggs in that basket because mm. as we say he might he might be gone soon and then all of a sudden unless United get a director of football in to replace Woodward on the football side of things then he's a guy who's got no credibility left at that club so it's a very dangerous balance in that at the minute Don't you feel the channels though at that level in terms of the CEOs uh, the, the CFOs or any of that kind of C-suite level that is outside of it's outside of the crosshairs, you know, Gazidis is one of the first people that I've ever seen move, you know, at that level yeah. to another club, for it to even be a story. Like a transfer, wasn't it? It's it was so weird. weird. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of weirdness about that. We'll come on to that in a bit. But... I want to see him on the pitch doing kick-ups. <laughs> yeah. Unveiled to the AC Milan crowd. <laughs> the, the last thing I, I would note about it is, in, in terms of like, you know, you were talking about how Pogba embraces social media and, and that side of his football identity. It, it does amuse me that, you know, he's picked the worst possible manager to go up against. Someone who has no yeah. interest or belief or understanding of this. And <coughs> excuse me, if you look at you know the other side of the city, there was a kind of similar situation with um, uh, Mendy and Guardiola. Just sort of laughed it off and was like, "Yeah, you know, he needs to tweet less and, and, and play football more." And that was mm-hmm. the end of it. Well, that was, that was the end of it in, in the bud to, to us in the public. You don't know what you said behind closed doors, but the point mm-hmm. is, he got him to stop doing it. Yeah. Mm. And, that, and that's that. I guess is the difference. It well, might be a respect, respect thing. Yeah, don't know what it is. Woodward uh, saying I was really interested in reading his quotes about the club, the biggest sports team in the world, and I'm, I don't know if you saw that. And just saying by fans, uh, and obviously these numbers and metrics are based on Facebook likes and based yeah, on. Yeah. And I totally understandable in terms of revenue. Man United have always been one of the biggest clubs, but for him to come out and say that and just it always smacks of that sort of arrogance that. Well, it, it, it's never going to change you know you, you talk about brands and these things and it's like well Man United just seem to be getting caught a little bit behind the times but it, yeah. I think in the, the, the progression of the teams around them City and Liverpool to some extent now in terms of how that club operates and that you know the, the documentary I'm sure we've all seen uh, the one that you know the fact that it was offered to Klopp would have been quite interesting to see but funny that his ego wasn't quite massaged <laughs> perhaps because of those less assuredness about how they're going to respond. You know, that Liverpool aren't guaranteed to win the league, for example. Either yeah. they watched being Liverpool from a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Just, just decided yes. it wasn't for them again. I have a name on this piece of paper. <laughs> but, that bit's mad. Yeah. That, that bit doesn't like, make sense either as a, oh, as a it's tool. It's mind-blowing. That yeah. sounds like something from the kind of Northern Ireland, the trouble years, isn't it? It's like <laughs> really... Uh, the it's Brendan Rodgers... Pe- <laughs> 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 oh, if if you're being a Celtic fan at the minute it's all all coming into focus but to go back to United I mean they (laughs) the whole thing about them being a a huge global brand yes that's true at the moment Um, they used to be a club that were full of tradition and bringing young players through and to an extent they're still doing that but they are now just a big money club they're nothing special like they used to be but this idea that no matter where they finish, they'll still be a global brand forever. It's such short-termism from a family in the Glazers that you would imagine actually would would have this as their cash cow for life and for their grandkids' lives that they want to have forever. Mm. Once they stop being successful on the pitch, kids in China and Australia and Africa, they don't care anymore. They will soon fall out of love with Man United. But, but go back to that point about being a cash cow. Explain it to the layman. I don't know if you can. I mean, Gareth, you're a very uh, astute watcher of American sports. I'm on this. Um, 
and Mark, being, being around Man United and perhaps seeing the way that they operate in terms of sponsors and the size of it, maybe you just understand it, Mark. How do you make money at a football club like that when you're spending a lot and maybe you're offsetting loans against it. Maybe you've had wealth. Wealth inherits wealth. And, uh, sorry, attracts wealth. But yeah, sorry, Gareth. No, was, so uh, United also released their um, annual figures today. Uh, and it was notable that they are still £475 million pounds in debt. Um, and when the Glazers took over the club, it was 525 mm. So they've only reduced the debt by £50 million despite... But it's very serviceable debt, though. Oh, it is. And, and, and now that number is so yeah. small compared to the size of it looked, you know, um, 20 years ago, 15 years yeah. ago. But the, the most notable thing is this is because the Glazers have basically been living off the cream. Yes. They've been... And what a lot of cream as well, because yeah. the, the revenue of the club has always been relentlessly high. And it's even also when they're increased the Champions League. exponentially yeah. since they've took it over. So, yeah, if you're... From a fan's eye view, you're disappointed that essentially the debt level has stayed at the same point despite bringing in all this additional money mm-hmm. but from the glazers it's like well it's a slightly smaller debt which add on 15 years or whatever it's that's a much reduced margin, number in low terms the margins basically yeah. what they're taking out dividends and i'm sure it can be public with knowledge uh, yeah it must be somewhere but it's terrifying it's it, i think it's it's exceeded 100 million over since they've taken over yeah. this personal i think easily I, I think it's interesting to see what's happening other side of the city with Man City who, who have got owners who are actively putting in a lot of money and you know making a project out of it or it might be a Qatar PR project but it's still a project they're still doing good stuff for City and the surrounding area whereas United have got a family taking money out consistently and the only way they can possibly do that is by people like Woodward getting all these different commercial deals around the world so the money they're making is huge but it has to be to service the debt that they've got and everything else so on paper liquidity they've got a lot of money mm. But actually, they can't. They can't spend what they'd like to spend because they've still got this debt, and Glazer's taking money out of it. Yeah, well, that it, that makes perfect sense. Uh, it also, when you talk about a family taking out, if you look at it as a PR exercise, they've always been like, "Well, we're Man United. You should come and you and you be worthy and be lucky to be part of this." Mm. Whereas City's like, "Going, we're going to build this." wonderful thing and can be a part of it and no one wants to do that either because City in a, in a weird way haven't attracted the fan base they'll, they'll attract an international one but match going fans very strange and I find that kind of weird but mm. if Man, is such a, Man City is such a good business model why they wouldn't make price of tickets accordingly listen there's a lot of football to watch and back in the day when we were young or when I was young yeah. going to Main Road well it might be half full for some games you know it doesn't matter about you know they might not go to every single game it doesn't matter about it being full but when you have that sort of investment on the pitch you almost feel like it does it needs to be full you know like United how difficult is it getting tickets Gareth you spent a lot of time watching some football up in Manchester getting tickets to those games well, I mean United bonkers. was possible yeah. until a few years ago mm. and um, I know a lot of people listening but it's exactly the same thing but for the, the physical thing of trying to actually get along to these games when, oh, yeah. as a neutral even perhaps although I would say I, I think the the trickiest thing is you know for all Premier League clubs you now need to be a member in order to buy tickets so it's nigh on impossible like a few days before to be like, oh, we'll go to that game. Mm. There, there's a process to go through. I mean, I guess the other point is, you know, football clubs used to rely on uh, turnstile income and it's now such a small part yes. of their it's, overall. They don't even need it anymore. The only point it's going to change is when someone says, hey, the optics are bad on TV. We can't sell this as the best league in the world if it's their half-full stadium. But, but Man City had tickets at 22 quid for the Champions League last week. Yeah. 
and they still couldn't get near it. Couldn't get near that's selling that out. And that, that's, I didn't know that's, that, that price. That's incredible. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, that, that, and that is you're right. The optics is the right word because that one of the reasons the Premier League is so successful around the world is the fact that people think it is. It's all about the passion of the match day and the yeah, fans yeah, yeah. going crazy. And then you see a, a shot of the Etihad and it's half full. You think, wow, maybe there's a bit of the gloss has come off this. And you're right, well, that's it. The gloss coming off it, is, it, it feels like it's been a little bit one of attrition over the last few years, hasn't it? I mean, when you look at Sky packaging, it's almost it's almost more fun to watch it in oh, an environment where... Because people just aren't used to going to these games because mm. it's not part of your... You know, your lifeblood going is when I was little getting dragged along to some just weird places like going to Airdrie games or going to Park Thistle or, and I'm sure being a Derby fan, like mm. growing up, being able to get tickets to your team and just, just, tur- say, just turn up on turns, the day and, yeah, and yeah, turns yeah. out money. But I, uh, probably the most telling reason as to why it's working is we're about 15 minutes into the podcast. We haven't spoken about a football match. So <laughs> obviously something's well, working. Yeah. Either that or the fact that we haven't been drinking loads this week. So uh, I say loads. It's always me. Uh, the Watneys is flowing tonight though. I can see Mark. Is Got those other Watneys? No word. other pale ales are available. Well, we have. <laughs> yeah. It's the best free beer you've had tonight. Yes. So uh, um, yeah. Thanks to Watneys for supplying some of that uh, uh, as our beer partner. That was seamless bit of uh, advertising there. Yeah. Thanks. It's really nice plugs. But it's authenticity with me, Mark. That's yeah. why I always give you let's move on to more authenticity Liverpool a real sense of authenticity this year I'll keep saying authenticity because I've got yeah, no I like others it. I can't I've got no other segue I'm still you know cut my teeth um, they've been pretty imperious without necessarily having to do too much would it be right in saying and I'm not I don't want to I don't want to piss in their chips but you know let's have a wee uh, tinkle I mean this weekend they just did what they had to they were uh, a few goals up at half time, took off uh, Zerdan Shakiri, who made a couple of goals and, and played fairly well. And they just decided to uh, go back to their 4 3 3 formation, tighten things up. And so, yeah, if you only have to play half a game, that, that's not a bad thing, especially if you've come off a Champions League game in midweek. And uh, Klopp's high pressing game is obviously very energy demanding. So it's pretty hard to judge Liverpool on this performance in terms of how good they are but I guess the counter argument is a good team will go and take care of business in the first half and just dial it down yeah and I think you, you can judge Liverpool on the, the game before that away at Spurs where they made Spurs who oh, haven't been great so far this season but Spurs who are a high energy high pressing team yeah inferior a good matchup for them. yeah and it, but Liverpool dominated that yeah. at, at Spurs I thought it was really impressive it then gives them the license to do what they never used to do, which is get a great away victory somewhere and then lose two points against Stoke or West Ham or something. And this time they've gone and got the job done in the first half, rested a few players. It, they just look they look like a proper machine. They're not playing great and yet they're still they're just do, they're dominating games well, still. Well, you've got a nice balance and it's, a lot has been said for the way that they've gone out and invested in the glaring holes that we we could spot in their teams are like well strategy. that's a weakness that's a weakness. yeah it looks like they've got a plan and they're sticking to it and people people buy into Klopp and that's you know that's a very obvious thing to say because we've seen it but how hard he's had to get to this point yeah. you forget how many years he's been at the club a couple of years already you yeah. know for us he's still a new manager and how many other managers at big clubs to get that sort of you know after two years you're like well maybe looking over their shoulders I mean we're already tucking into Ozzy but they've, they've got this strategy sort of short, medium and long term of filling the gaps in the team that are weak but also you look at Klopp and the way he is with his players on the pitch after a result 
and it's like Mourinho used to be. It looks like they'll run through brick walls for him. Yeah. Yeah. They're hugging, they're close, they all they all get it. They're all invested yeah. completely in what they're doing. Liverpool, for me, I think they're going to win the league this year. I think they are going to be too strong for even City. I think they'll beat City, and I think they will. Uh, the, the depth in their squad now is 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 great. Well, the, uh, let's go back to the Spurs game because there's a few things we'd like to talk about Spurs. Gareth, I think um, they're slight. Not slow, not just slow start, but there's you know they, again some easy or easy things to go to. You look a lot of England players, a lot of guys have expended a lot of energy already. Pock getting to the point where he's had these players for a long time. You know how do you see it from from your perspective as a fan and also someone that probably you know uh, not what. Not just a fan, I would say. Probably some investment. That, yeah, correct. And do you say Pock or Poch? Poch. Always yeah. Poch. Poch. Always Poch. Okay. Well, actually, I say Dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I've done no research on this whatsoever, but I can tell you definitively that at this point in this season, we have more points than we've had for the last three seasons. Wow. Right. So that's the... Uh, that's you trying to... That's, that's the line trying to paper over the cracks that's, oh totally so Spurs are traditionally under Pochettino mm-hmm. slow starters um, and yet we you know won our first three obviously losing two is is definitely a sizable blip but if Spurs can follow the usual path which is October November really crank into gear and go on a run then they might actually uh, have a good season but it's kind of hard to tell because, yeah, Harry Kane looks like a former footballer at this point. <laughs> the poor lad just absolutely shot and he'll never admit it. And, you know, famously, he's one of the fittest players at the club. He's he's very invested in, you know, all, all the modern techniques for keeping your body healthy and, and optimized. But as we are. As we as, are. As we are. As finely I mean, tuned men. I think he only has one Watneys a night. Does he? Yeah, apparently. Oh. I don't believe it. How can you stop at one? It's well, impossible. Yeah. But um, it's no, my it's, therapist. It's tricky because three weeks ago, Spurs uh, were being lauded for the continuity of their squad. You know, not signing anyone was apparently a benefit. Yeah, and I remember that. Two weeks remember later, it's days. like, they look tired. They really, you know, you can't do this with, uh, without refreshing the squad. So just someone, anyone. Just a guy, just, just a guy off the street. Because he, he, won't, he won't play Luante. He won't, he won't give him minutes oh, no, he's, at all. He's shot. So what's the point? What's the point? I don't know what's going on. I mean, Son's back, but he's not a replacement for Kane necessarily. No, he's a great compliment. Yeah. But- um, and he did do well when Kane was at the team last year, but I think long term you can't think about. I think you, you want a pivotal striker there rather than yeah. a, a son. And if he's not going to play Lorente, then I mean, grits. Have you got your boots still? <sighs> yeah. Well, do you know, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather w- wait till they get into the new ground because yeah, yeah, it yeah. wouldn't feel right Fair playing at Wembley yeah, every enough. other week. You know, <laughs> just yeah. Um, but, but are you confident though um, in, in Spurs turning this around again? Not particularly. I do think that you know teams have an expiration date especially you know when you have a lot of players who are who've been together for a long time um i am a little fearful that that window has maybe closing in terms of spurs really challenging for the title i think uh those two years where they pushed chelsea a little bit and and finished uh behind uh leicester and arsenal actually yeah, yeah. i think were their best chances i think the the squads and the the teams now are probably a little bit better, uh, better, especially Liverpool, Manchester City. So I think the you know the new stadium may have come a year too late, and I suspect that, um, yeah, I think it might be a battle to to stay in the top four this season, just because I think Chelsea are very efficient, 
And, uh, I mean, Arsenal have their issues, but they have enough about them, I think, to go on a run, especially if uh, the new manager can bed them down a bit over the season without dropping too many points. Well... Uh, in terms of investment, could be worse. You could be Newcastle. So uh, let's come back to that after a delicious Watney's and a break <laughs> and a look to the next week's fixtures. The Whistleblowers is lubricated by Watney's Pale Ale. Watney's Pale Ale, the Whistleblowers Beer of the Month. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks. Welcome back, guys. Let's have a look at this weekend. We we didn't talk about them in the first half, but we talked towards the end of it uh, with Chelsea, who have Liverpool this weekend, which perhaps is one of the pick of the pick of the bunch, a real marker because uh, Liverpool might find it a little bit more difficult going there because a very organised team, I think we've seen, uh, and and quite enjoyable to watch the way that he's gone about his business uh, coming in. To have what can only be described as a very difficult setup at Chelsea yeah. for any manager. Yeah, and no, he's he's done a, a really good job. It was oddly enough after you know their first non-win of the season, there's been a few questions about about how it's going, but that that seems a little uh, a little unfair. Yeah, um, I think so. they just see. Yeah, I, I, I use the word efficient. They they're just getting it done without too much fuss. Um, yep. I do think which isn't like Chelsea. In, I know, I know. It, it's <laughs> really quite quiet. I, I think the best move they've made so far is actually bringing in Giroud for for matter. I think Giroud's actually a he very good player. He makes everything tick in that final third. He's, 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 he's such a good nine. He's on a great wavelength with Hazard. He's the reason Hazard has started so well. Yeah. I think. I mean, the space, was, it, was it the game? Yeah, yeah the, the game last week where they they had Morata on. They took him off, and Hazard got, uh, Giroud comes on and just creates two for him in the space of fifteen minutes. And he just looks like a, they're a different prospect entirely with with Giroud on the pitch. Uh, part of that is down to Morata's confidence. He's obviously a confidence player, um, but yeah, Giroud's just he's a World Cup winning number nine. I mean, he he is a, a top class player, and it's it, the more you watch him, the more you cannot believe. That Arsenal let him go for such well at all, but for, especially for such a little little amount of money. But Arsenal, it almost feels like sorry Arsenal. Looking at the shape of a team, it's all about the shape. I think when you've got a player like Hazard's quality, because people forgot how good he was, you know, and without having that space to play, it's like De Bruyne has an, an enormous amount. Eriksson has that nice amount of space, and I think maybe complements well with Ali because of the way that Pop Pop plays his lineup. But those players need the space to play. They need that freedom because it's like you get, you get the feeling sometimes that uh, Hazard he's quite easily and quickly dejected in a football yeah. match. But by Giroud just pushing the line so high, it just creates that. And Giroud's getting the benefits from it. I think at Arsenal when he played in that, it was like, come on, then show us what you can do. It was like it was down to him to score goals. Yeah, yeah. When it's yeah. like now, it's no, that's not your role now. That's your, your role to be a team player. And Arsenal, you know, and you miss a chance or two at Arsenal. It's like we'll give Welbeck a chance. You'll miss a chance or two. Give the next one a chance. It's like that was just what happened. And the other thing I say about uh, Chelsea, which makes me think they're going to have a good season, is how settled that side is so quickly. Uh, you know, they have Europa League commitments, but that's when they rotate. Otherwise, you look yeah. that starting eleven is pretty much better than already. It seems to be, and, and especially, I mean, Kovacic and Jorginho seem to. It's like they've been playing forever yeah. together. It just seems like they they seem to gel really well. They complement each other really nicely. Two of the best passers of the ball in the league, easily. 
and then you've got Kante who's basically you know two or three players but so. that's it as a, as a unit and it's a very fresh it feels like a fresh unit doesn't it because Fabregas Drinkwater those sort of guys that yeah. you know they've been at the club a while maybe played in a certain style where Drinkwater hadn't but just not really established himself and playing alongside guys that were like yeah you know that kind of whole but look at the bit. depth there you mentioned too Fabregas Drinkwater you've still got Barkley as well Loftus-Cheek these are these are all centre midfielders that can any of those six and go into that three yeah. or seven there that you can go into that three and that, that's 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 incredibly strong. Well, maybe well that's maybe that's the reason when we look at the rest of the league and say why well, it's not as strong because you're like well, well should these players all up? yeah they, should the players be playing you've got you know teams like uh, you know Palace Fulham Fulham have, have done well with what they've got but they're going to hit walls and they're going to need players that have got experience. Well, they're missing Kenny already. I mean he's he's been out for a couple of weeks and they really miss him. Yeah, and if you if you are in trouble once you lose Kenny and Kenny's a good player but he's not. He's not an elite player, maybe. Yeah. But he, if you're missing him, then you know you need to strengthen. And, and yeah, if, if Chelsea are hoovering up every bit of British talent, what can you do? Me. It amazes me that Loftus... I mean, oh, I think that's because of the window this year was a particularly... It's just a, it's just a crap time to close the window. Yeah. I mean, the fact that players... you know, Teams don't know what they need till after a few games, and you never do. It's just it's just the nature of it, and it's it's depressing because you get there and you're like, well, well we've done all this, but this is what we need now. But you can't find out until you kick the tires a little bit, and that's sometimes what you feel like you need to do. And yeah. incredible that Barkley and Loftus Cheek would have not forced that. I was, but I kind of admired Lukaku in a way where he would always hang himself. Like, well, I'll go and play and score twenty two, twenty five somewhere. Yeah, yeah. West Brom. Evan, I want to play football yeah, and I want to play at a good level, matter. and I'll go, I'll go and score twenty goals a year. And I won't be treated. You know, in that way, whereas you know some of the younger ones, and and rightly so, they might have gone back then. Thought, well, sorry, slightly different. Sorry, might give me that chance, but the season's passed you by pretty quickly. Yeah, I said, well, Harry Winks for you guys is one that Pock is given a. Uh, he loves, he loves him, him, and he's. We're actually a little short in central midfield at the moment as well because. Uh, Dembele, it might be a season too far. Wanyama has yeah. so many injury issues. Um, Those two, the two heavy, heavy players. Yeah, that's your racking, sort of, racking squad. Yeah, and, and Winks is the only player we have who really has that. You know, he, in theory, he's our uh, Jorginho. Yeah. He's the one who's going to uh, keep ticking it over, short passes, keep it moving. So if he can stay fit. He he will be like the proverbial new signing. Yeah, I, I love Harry Winks. Yeah. And actually, we, we've mentioned a few English players there. I think we are at a, a point now where we've got some outstanding English players coming through and finally going into an England setup, which is quite positive and not an awful place to be like it's been the last yeah. 30 years. You look at Winks, so every week we mention Will Hughes. You look at Winks, you look at Hughes, you look at Loftus Cheek. Yeah. And Barkley's still a young man. He's still a young man with a lot of ability. Yeah, yeah. When he does play for Chelsea, 20, 30 minutes at a time, he always does something. He always does something to catch the eye. He's a, he's a quality player. And it's just, you know, a positive thing that we can mention all these players as being uh, top top players in the, in the Premier League. Do you think that uh, James Madison's going to be in the next England squad? Has to be. I think he has to be. I think Will Hughes has to be. I think there's... And there's a few in fact the last thing playing eight, I was a eight bit across just, the middle we? Just play <laughs> you, why not <laughs> you're going to play eight across the middle not me I'm not I'm not yeah you say we yeah. did you say oh, we God, just, you can tell I need a water he's just <laughs> too dry this week Sab's like killing me talking about the financial fair play and brand engagement and fans we're just you know we're missing that usual just we're, unwind we're, we're, very cerebral because I've got you know I've got Gareth and yourself in so it's like you know yeah. it's, a, it's a thinking man's pod which is just I suppose too far for me Mark. maybe we could rebrand I'm, I'm enjoying listening to you both though um, well let's let's look at a couple of other clubs that well, well, sorry, before we go on sorry. How, how do you see that Chelsea-Liverpool game going 
I find it quite hard to call, which is quite fun. Mm. Um, <laughs> you could see uh, Chelsea perhaps controlling the game a little bit. If they can suffocate Liverpool and keep them, stop them from uh, attacking the fullbacks, which, I mean, that was probably the most exciting thing to watch will be Solar and Mane versus uh, Azpilicueta and Alonso. Mm. Um, that's probably the key matchup. Um, I think that it might be an honours even. Stanford Bridge, you always get the feeling, or whenever we're watching it, whether it's the camera angle or not, it's quite tight. It's always it's just the camera. It's, is it's it just, just the camera's a bit lower. Like yeah, it very feels, narrow but that, I quite like that. And for that yeah. reason, you don't, you almost see it from the player point of view. You don't see as many spaces and everything seems a bit compact. And, and for it's that... Hybrid used to look. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for that reason, it kind of it lends me to suggest that Chelsea would find a way of So because of the out. camera angle, you yeah. think Chelsea are going to win it? Well, let's see, shall we? Yeah, let's, let's see. see. I, think right. Liverpool, I think Liverpool will win. So we've Chelsea are going to win it. You, got... you, just, you just talk to it. Like, I just think Chelsea are going <laughs> to snuff out Liverpool in a way. Sarri is a man that kind of, well, he, he knows Liverpool from before. He's played against did Napoli, didn't they play them? They, he, he knows knows how they play. I think he's inherited a stronger team than what he left at Napoli. I think he's going... We, if I can get these guys playing the way I like to, my teams to play, I've got a, an absolutely cast iron, s- strong unit here yeah, that yeah. can do a job for me. So I think Chelsea, I think it'll be a very tight draw. Right. No, Let's, no, one, one. But I, I think that Liverpool have got a different ways of winning games now. Uh, and a couple of years ago, even last year, they had really one way of playing and the auxiliary way was, was not quite defined yet. <laughs> Compared to Man City, you, play, you know what you're going to get with City whether it's first minute or 70th minute, no matter what the score, they're going to play a certain way. Yep. Liverpool now can, they can hit you on the break. They can damage you in different ways. They can do the whole counter-press thing. So for me, I think Liverpool win this and I think they win it comfortably. Well, that's, yeah, that'll be interesting. Do you know what? It'll be one worth I'm watching. Sold. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be one worth watching. Get um, a few other, well, this is the thing, Newcastle, we spoke before, I feel, you've got to feel sorry for the yeah. way things have happened there for, um, for the manager. Just, just, dealing with the situation he has but Leicester go there Leicester are a funny unit at the minute because they still have the remnants of a a great side and they've not really refreshed it in a way that perhaps has been as comprehensive as other teams but they've still got a backbone that that can beat any team in the league so that's an interesting matchup. We got and also uh, the camera angle at Newcastle is quite high up, so the spaces that that provides. And for yeah, it's things, it's more like kickoff. I mean, I love the fact that you're mocking me for football knowledge here. <laughs> I, I, I'm I just say, looking for talking points. God, <laughs> so on, on on Leicester, you know they they won the last few. They've been looking a lot better. Vardy's broken his uh, his duck after his suspension. Yeah. Uh, also, I think their their middle two. Uh, Mendy and Ndidi are very impressive. Mm. Yeah. Um, they've gone back to that kind of really rock solid, solid pairing mm-hmm. uh, that they obviously had when they won the title. And quite similar to uh, the, the pair at, at Watford, Kapue and uh, Kapure. There's, yeah. you know, it, it's almost quite old school having two. I don't want to say they're both destroyers, but they are you know, very strong, physical... And very mobile winners well. And very mobile. Box-to-boxers. Yeah, but w- w- I don't understand why someone like Arsenal hasn't, haven't come in for an Ndidi or a Decore. I just don't, that is such mm. a clear solution yeah. to your problems. Why wouldn't you do that? It just seems too obvious. Maybe that's what it is. It's just, it's just too obvious. Well, Emery, let's, let's move on to Emery. So he's got a tough match-up this weekend because Watford have no fear when it comes to playing teams at the minute and uh, going to Arsenal might be something they look at as, as as a winnable match but Arsenal put themselves in a better shape perhaps for the best performance of the season at the weekend so uh, how do you see that one going Gareth? 
I'm still unconvinced by Arsenal. I think uh, you know they've won three in a row now, and they're maybe looking better. You know, they kept the first clean sheet. Um, of the season certainly yeah. the first I can remember for a while is that the first one was it I think it may have been although a lot of that was due to Czech playing well again who's he appears to have kind of worked out this whole passing the ball out Toblerone situation feet, I call him. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> head. but it's it's you know Watford are going to be absolutely kicking themselves for not beating Fulham this weekend um, mm. if they really were going to be a team I think who were going to contend through the season then you know they needed to win that because they were a far better team, especially in the first half. They were brilliant in that first half. Yeah, and they just yeah. let Fulham in. And uh, I wonder if that's going to play on their minds a bit going into the Arsenal game. It's, and obviously there's now that now traditional needle between uh, Troy Deeney and Arsenal. They they, they fell out Cajones. a little while ago, oh. exactly. And uh, yeah, even though he's allegedly going to be playing with a couple of broken toes, I think it might be quite tasty. Yeah, he's got a broken toes, is that right? So he, he said Nothing uh, to try. after the film game, he's like, yeah, I had a couple of broken toes against uh, May Knight, but, uh, you know, we'll see what's happened here, but I'll get taped up, go watch the boxing. He's oh, a proper lad. He, he, he's putting someone in here, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't go training. to the boxing. He, he was at home listening to classical music. <laughs> crying. In, in the bath. Crying while gently <laughs> tapping his toes. I love Troy Dini. Um, he is, he's the hardest man in the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently he is the, he's very much the governor at a, uh, at Watford, a friend yeah. of mine who used to work in and around the, the training facility says he brings down his personal barber from uh, from Birmingham mm. uh, once or twice a week to get his hair done and then uh, offers out complimentary haircuts to the rest well, of the team. Is, well, that's a good guy. He's a business boss. That is a good Gangster. guy. Yeah. The complimentary <laughs> I don't want one. I don't want a haircut you like yours. You're having your haircut, yeah. son. <laughs> Come here. It's free. Yeah, but I tell you, it's free. <laughs> uh, I mean, I wouldn't argue with him. It's a good, mo- it's a good business model. Yeah. And then he takes it out of people's wages directly and pays it to his barber, who's <laughs> also his no. brother. <laughs> but I can, see Watford, I can see Watford winning that game. Arsenal have done well recently, but they don't look scary to me. They don't look like they're firing on any sort of cylinder, really. I mean, Everton let them in to that completely. It was a, it was a strange one. Because um, Everton actually up to that point played quite well. And then just two soft goals in, what, two or three minutes it was. Um, yeah, Watford... Look like a decent side, I think. Yeah. Playing two, traditionally two up front as well. I like that. And the manager who's... They just, are the new Leicester. Yeah, yeah. They're going to win the league. Didn't they manage Will Hughes to score a hat-trick. Uh, oh, oh don't talk to me about Will Hughes. <laughs> just go doughy-eyed. Uh, the Pauline's derby up at the top. Uh, West Ham v Man United. Still, that always had a nice bit of needle in it. So it's nice. Oh, yeah. West Ham should have a bit of spring in their step after, after drawing with Chelsea. That was a, such a big game for them. And they were good there as well. I thought Declan Rice yeah. stood out. They've got some... I think Jack Wilshere, I said this last time, but Jack Wilshere getting injured might be... You know, no disrespect to Jack Wilshere, but it might yeah. be a bit of a blessing in disguise in terms of working out what their team is. Yeah, I think having Wilshere and Noble together in, in midfield is just... Asking for it. It's asking for it. It's, you, know, yeah. you, you get yeah. rings run round you by you know by teams like Leicester and, and yeah. Watford who can just uh, walk through you. But um, No, I agree. I, I think it feels like Watford, uh, West Ham even... Right in the ship, I think Pellegrini is. You know, he's he's an above average manager. I mean, he organises teams and he, he'll get it right. Yeah, but I think you know how to win that no, game. I know what you're like, saying, but, but you know Pellegrini. Yeah, but it's almost like he's 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 better with better players. He's almost had the luxury to have these players for you know over the years at different clubs, and he's almost trying to smack these ones into. Uh, 
little bit of a shape. I mean, right. the, the, the height of the line that they hold sometimes is is terrifying. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure yeah. you shouldn't hold it in the other play- team's half. Put it that way. <laughs> just keep it to the, your the own rule half. change. Yeah. Um, but you know the, the proof will be in the pudding in the next few games. Manchester United, we don't know. It can sometimes be an incredibly tough match, or it can be a, a self implosion by them that gives other yeah. people a look in. So um, West Ham, I'd, I'd like to see West Ham do it. To be honest, just I think the of, record's very good there, though, isn't it? United at West Ham. Also, if he's fit, Arnautovic loves the game against a big team. Yeah, he does. Absolutely yeah. loves he turns, cameras as well. He yeah. turns up, doesn't he? Is is he fit? Do we know what the situation is with him? So it sounds like he only just missed out at the weekend. So okay. you would guess he's got a good chance for this one. Uh, Chris Hutton having the opportunity lovely. to go to, yeah, lovely Chris Hutton, amazing, lovely Chris Hutton going to the Etihad, the empty Etihad. Got to be a chance. The empty ad. The empty had. Thank you. Can we do that? that, is, we, that yeah, we have I, done I it. Think, it's not I bad. Trademark that. It's fine. Okay, That's cool. great. Um, Got, got to have a little look at that and say to himself, why? <laughs> what, why are they going to lose? Yeah. <laughs> Can we just fax them the points? Um, but that, those are the... Facts. These are, yeah, that's it. Oh, it's, yeah, some... I literally, uh, when in League 2, we would play some games away, we're like, we've got five lads injured, we're playing a youth team on the bench, we're going away to Darlington on 10-hour coach journey. Can we just fax them the three points and maybe send them some a box a of roses? Of wine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just say, guys, listen. This is on us. Listen. Just, but ironically, you, those would be the games you go away and get something. Yeah, it would just nil. be absurd. You'd play on a pitch that was so compact mud and it'd be bouncing around and youth team players turning up and then the manager would then play the same team a week again going oh, I'll give them a chance and we get pummeled yeah eight of course, of course. And just, but that's it was the adrenaline the first time <laughs> yeah, wasn't it? it was, it was oh just like oh my god what are we going to do this <laughs> panic yeah. blind panic but yeah hopefully Chris lovely Chris Hutton's a little bit more organised than us and, um, and he I wouldn't suggest they had a fax machine. Although, every, they all have fax machines. I think they do still. Deadline day. I think they do, yeah. So I, re- I reckon... A PDF they, machine? It's apparently for PDFs now. Of course it is. Depressing. Well, that's the reason that the De Gea didn't go to Real, wasn't it? Was that the, they couldn't convert a PDF into a... <laughs> that's, that's true. Have you heard, not, read the story? Do you know how hard it is to find a free PDF converter? Yeah, like five I mean, minutes back to into midnight. a Word document. They're like, how do you sign a PDF electronically? I don't understand. It's Roboto Light. I've not got it on my computer, so it's not reading the <laughs> Just font. use Preview on the Mac. I don't have the Mac. I don't have it, for God's sake. What do you use on a PC? I don't know. <laughs> Oh, he's staying. He's staying at United. Then. Do it on the iPad. Kim, oh, it's fine. Um, I don't know how to attach things. So um, I, I agree that Chris Hewn is a, a fine man, an honourable man, and a good football manager. Good manager, yeah, yeah. I just, I think, suspect that City are going to absolutely ruin them this weekend. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, let's let's see how that goes. Wolverhampton, Wanderers, Southampton. Seeing as we've got through everyone else, I'd like to talk about Wolves. Wolves are lovely, aren't they? Oh, lovely Wolves. What, what a side to watch. Was, yeah. was it lovely Chris Hutton? Sorry, I've not... It was no, I love Chris. a Wolves uh, chat. Yeah, they're a great team. They're and so Moutinho, everyone giving it the old... Because Moutinho would have done well before that goal against Man United. We'd have all gone, he's having a great season anyway. Yeah. And then after that goal at Man United, you're like, there he is. That's I, just cementing his, his place in as one so of the performers. Amazing they got him. Wolves that they restored some sanity to the window this year. We've seen Richarlison, who actually turns out might be brilliant, yeah. but he went for 40 mil, 45 mil. And the next week, 
Oh, Martino, 110 caps or whatever. Yeah. Five million quid. This is great. This is exactly what I want to see. Football manager signing, wasn't it? Oh, it was perfect. a football manager. It's Although just like, oh, you can get Martino on the fourth week if he's available oh. for a week. Just wait for it and then you get him. It's just, just a wonderful it. player. I mean, it's, it's a oh, shame. No, no, you're right. It's a shame that Wolves are sort of run by an agent because I want to be able to watch them and enjoy them without any guilt whatsoever. Mm. But it's difficult. But they took to watch just objectively as a football team, they, they play something. For a team that's just come up, They've got to be the most impressive team that's come up since probably, what, Forrest in 95, 96? Yeah. And Spirito de Santo, I, I, I love the manager as well. He's, great beard. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah, great yeah. guy. Really, really into their... Lovely Spirito. They used to the Lovely. bombing fullbacks who were basically wingers, um, yeah. Johnny and, uh, and Doherty. Yeah. Who were, you know, both playing really well and... Bolly's looking great at the back. Bolly's looking good. And then, uh, you know, the attacking three... Um, yeah, I, I've been really impressed by Raul Jimenez as well. Yeah. They're like a bronze-shirted Porto. Yes, they are. And Jimenez actually was one that I hadn't really <laughs> considered at all this season until no. maybe two weeks ago. It was all, it was all hotter and it was all you know whatever. But actually, he looks whatever, like whatever guys. But it, all the chat was hotter and, and, and Neves, wasn't it? Yeah, and Moutinho to a lesser and extent. And Neves has played very well. Yeah, they, all three of them have. But but yeah, Jimenez has been really really impressive to lead a line in, in the Premier League like that. I think is is. Yeah, very good. Who's that? Who have I got my fancy? I think it's Costa. He, he gets a game for them. Is that Helder Costa? Helder Costa. He's getting he's getting minutes. Didn't even know who he was. Yeah, he's, only, he's only striker available. Slotted him in. Got me a few gets points. It done. Gets and then they've done. got the uh, the enigma <laughs> that is uh, Adama Traore, who I'm not actually convinced is a very good footballer, but he's deeply effective. I think yeah. he could be the best player in the world. <laughs> Do you know what? Deep <laughs> affection is what I want from him. He's uh, deeply affected. Did I just say that? Yeah. That's, I don't want deep affection from Andrew. I mean, Trump. I said yeah. deeply got, effective, but deep affection works I'm, too. Yeah, well, I've got, yeah, I've got cloth ears. I um, have deep affection for him because I think he is, he has the ability, and I'm, this sounds, makes sounds like a main I think he has the ability to be an absolute top player. I mean, Pulis started getting the best out of him last year with his final ball. And he needs that again. He needs someone to say, look, Adama, just when you get in that final third, beat your man just once instead of twice or three times and get a ball man. in. He's a juggernaut once he gets going. But his, his, his attributes, physically, unbelievable. So quick, so strong, so good and, and pacey on the ball. You sound like Alan Hansen. I am Alan Hansen. Strong, quick, quick. powerful, pace, <laughs> strength. Yeah, well, look, you, you'll be, you'll be grovelling, lads, when you see I'm him not win. Not Stop him, putting these Ballon, Ballon d'Or, Adama Troy. 2022. Well, well, okay, well, we can always come back to that because there'll be no hiding place. Wait, are they going to beat Southampton? We're out. Um, Are we recording um, this then? Yeah, yeah, we've started. (laughs) Um, Southampton, uh, I really like because I've got, you know, Danny Ings. Oh, interesting. Ding Ding Meister. That's why I like them. (laughs) Dingzo. Who's the other? Who's the one that's got sore toes? There's another striker, not Troy Deeney, the other one, uh, the one at Southampton. They've got the oh, Charlie at Chazzy Austin. Austin, Chaz. Oh, yeah. Well, we must uh, with Chaz and Dave. That's almost like a nice way to bring it around to yeah. kind of a tribute to him. Uh, Chaz Austin. He coming back for Southampton. I suppose Long is a good foil because he works very hard. Or Danny Ings called him a battering ram. Mm. I've never seen a battering ram look like that. No, so, no, he's quite next he's, model. Yeah. Very much so, River yeah. Island. But then they've also got Gabardini on the bench, who's still getting over his wedding cake. So yeah. that's, that's that's the issue he's <laughs> got. That's why he's never going to get off the bench. But they've got like four strikers there that, in another year, might you know might have done something. But certainly, Ings looks like <laughs> Mark, a player. Mark Hughes inspiring us as much as yeah, <laughs> so, his players. So if you want, if you want a hot take, <laughs> I love the hot. I think this iteration of Southampton may have perfected 
for the notion of the single most mediocre football team in Premier League history. <laughs> wow. Okay. They're, they're, they are deeply they are, uninteresting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even Mark Hughes isn't into it. Like Hoiberg. at this point he's jumping up and down. He's angry. He's, I'm a big, Hoiberg he's, fan, he's very, he's, re, he's really reserved to shit. And actually, uh, if we're going to do reserve managers, the most freakish thing for me so far this year is Neil Warnock's weird cheerfulness in all the post-match yeah. interviews. Mm, yeah, and like I, a competition winner. Yeah, and it's—I don't know whether he's like we're doomed. I don't care. Yeah, I got a, weird... a ten million pound promotion bonus. I can't believe this has happened. Or he's just pathological. I think there's something there's something going on there, isn't it? It's almost like he's he died, and then they've created like an animatronic version of him, yeah. and they're just putting it out there. And it's like I wouldn't put it past Vincent Tan to have done that. No, maybe, no. maybe. I Maybe think this cloned is quite him. A big story of breaking here, Grace. Well, you know, I know Neil really well. I know that he'd probably like just to be in his in his saltash and he's putting his feet up in Cornwall, mm. just having a good giggle at the animatronic version of him that keeps coming out and going, get get a Watney's out, mm. get a Watney's out the fridge or from the, and the sun. It's just as nice hot as it is cold. Normally, at this point, where you know you've seen him in the Premier League or any other league previously, by game six he's lost four or five of them he's just like spitting fury <laughs> but that will happen though he, he will snap in November <laughs> what so will be the straw that breaks this podcast will be the straw that breaks the camel's back demeanour ends there'll be some insane thing where they they, they scrape a, a victory yeah. but someone's done something a bit wrong and it, for some reason it's just tipped him and, and he, doesn't he loses his mind well, do you know what though, this weekend this weekend Sean Dyche visit. Sean Dyche is the, just the sort of guy to annoy yeah, him. But, they, but they've started playing well now, haven't they, Burnley? So, yeah, this is... I mean, they, they, the they one, won yeah. a game. Yeah, but they've stopped playing in Europe and I think they can focus that's now. That's true. And Bournemouth looked very good up to that point. Burnley, and it wasn't a 4-0 game. This is a but weird... It, no. Yeah, Burnley out of Europe and can focus on the league. God, <laughs> yeah, and this seems like an apt time to end this one. I mean, I'm pretty we, sure Burnley got out of Europe a, uh, two Junes ago, but... We've done a... Yeah, else. we've done a wonderful deep dive on all of them tonight. So uh, I've enjoyed that thoroughly. But um, just, uh, Gareth, any, anything going on in the music world that we can be excited about from y- yourself or um, apart from the office move, which sounds exciting? Yeah, we were relocating the Witcher Recordings headquarters. Very exciting. Um, we put out a record this week by an Australian band called the Goon Sacks, who are currently over and they're playing a show at the Garage in Highbury. Oh, nice. Goon Sacks like weeks. a wine thing, right? I don't know. I yeah. actually have never asked or found out. So they call, so. they call. I think they call like a box of wine a goon. Oh, interesting. I think that's right. No, I might be wrong. But uh, they're, the they're a wonderful, night. wonderful indie band. Very. Uh, if you're into your sort of eighty C eighty six classics, then that is and that's one goon sax S A X sax S A X. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, that sounds exciting. Um, Mark, what's going on? I hear you might have an early start. Are you going to early start tomorrow? Uh, no, I'm what? just doing TalkSport 2 tomorrow afternoon. Uh, but straight after this, I've got to go and do my own deep dive into a lovely crate of Watneys. Oh, <laughs> that's what we're here for. Cheers. If any of you are still listening, thanks for hanging around. Uh, if not, we'll speak to you soon. That was the Whistleblowers. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks. Sports Social Podcast Network.